Well, it's great to have you with us. Another edition of Death, Taxes, and Duval. The pads are on. The Jaguars have now had six practices, which, believe it or not, is about, what, 35 40% of all of training camp. Before you know it, they will have their first preseason game. Hey, don't blink. Coming up on Thursday night, as a matter of fact, we have our Hall of Fame game. I'm Rick Ballou alongside... Hayes Carline. Hayes, first things first, let's say hi to our sponsor. Yeah, appreciate John Spicklemeyer, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. For all your car insurance needs, give John a call, 471-7155. Great guy and can save you hundreds of dollars. He's done that for me. Uh, and again, it's really easy. You just call him and, and you have him go over your policy and he's either going to tell you, yeah, I can save you money or no, you got a good policy, uh, stick with it. So uh, you owe it to yourself to uh, be as efficient with your car insurance as you can. Uh, save that money. Call John four seven one seven one five five. And yeah, Rick, I'm I'm excited. Look, we'll be in the stadium Saturday. That's going to be really cool. Uh, it's earlier than normal. We're used to those being sort of night scrimmages where they light off fireworks. This isn't going to be that. It's going to be. I think it starts at like nine fifty on Saturday morning, yeah. and it's about a two hour, two hour and fifteen minute workout. But it's been great seeing the fans at the new Miller Electric Performance Center. But I can't wait to uh, to see the fans uh, in the stadium Saturday and to see what this team uh, you know has to offer because so far through six uh, workouts, I think you have to be pretty pleased overall with what we're seeing out of this team. It's such a better roster. I mean, the ninety man roster right now. Usually, you can find a whole you know seven or eight dogs that you just know have no chance. Uh, that's really not the case. Yeah, there's a few guys right now. Uh, that you could probably cut, but it's it's obvious that there's there's more team speed, uh, there's overall size, there there's length on these young defensive backs, and then you know you look around at some of these wide receivers who are honestly going to be battling for like a practice squad opportunity. Um, they could make other NFL rosters, so it's been fun to watch so far. I really enjoyed what we saw today because the major emphasis was red zone work, and in my opinion, Hayes, that's the biggest thing offensively that this football team has got to, it's got to fix. I mean, they're fine in between the 20s, and they were, you know, top 10 in total yardage. They were top 10 in scoring. But Doug Peterson's talking about going from 23-8 a game to 30 a game, and if you're going to do that, you have to be better in your red zone offense. So it's good to see them working on it. I, I want to see a little bit of it yesterday. We did not. Today, they put a lot of work in that area. Yeah, they really did, and and I think they will have some growth there because I think Trevor Lawrence is just more comfortable quarterbacking at this level when the space is really confined. It was a struggle last year. I mean, you know, you think back to the Houston game, the the Denver game, games they lost early on, uh, barely scoring, and the red zone was a was a massive malfunction for Trevor Lawrence, and then he got better at it, and I think you're seeing that. Uh, as we get into training camp, more of a comfort level of being able to execute at a high level when you know the the defense obviously has that extra defender uh, when there's not much room to operate. But and, and again, it goes back to just the array of weapons that he has. I mean, you've got a great play caller in Doug Peterson. You then have Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram at your disposal that could all be running a route on that play. And it stands to reason that somebody's going to have a matchup that, that makes you start drooling as you walk to the line. And, uh, and so the environment for Trevor Lawrence is, is 
is much better. I uh, and I think you're you're going to see that. But you're right. That's that's where that touchdown is going to come from per game. If they're able to make that jump, I uh, it's not going to be from you know more eighty yard home run touchdowns. I it, that's it comes from being much more efficient in the uh in the red zone and if they make a jump there they they certainly can can achieve that goal so uh yeah it was great seeing that it was also uh fun to see the uh one-on-ones they kind of hid them from us those uh those rascals uh they they sort of hid hid the one-on-one battles from us but uh they had the uh, seven-on-seven going uh kind of where the fans were and then way at the opposite end they uh they had the one-on-one battles and i gotta say Walker Little really stood out today. I mean, he absolutely owned Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen. I, I say owned. I mean, he blocked them. It's not. I'm not. He didn't ragdoll them like he did Chase on uh, the last two training camps. But uh, but I thought for Walker Little, huge day for him uh, in terms of really. I think winning consistently against Walker and Allen. Yeah, and I had a chance to catch up with Walker a little after practice on Monday. And, you know, very smart guy, as we know. He's a, he's a Stanford grad and just really focused on the, on the job at hand where, you know, last year he practiced for the most part exclusively uh, over a right tackle. Then, of course, you have the injuries. He goes to the left tackle, gets five starts there, and is also really doubling up on some reps when he slides inside and he plays left guard. Uh, what I like, what I've seen as well with Trevor is you're not getting as much from the media. You're not getting as much uh, grading his um, his attempts and then completions on, on top of attempts. I, I know a couple of folks are still doing it, but some have been like, well, Trevor's missing a little bit early on in camp. I think he's been throwing a lot of, of low percentage type of balls, and, and he's also been throwing the deep ball an awful lot. So don't get caught up in numbers. I mean, I'm sure Trevor Lawrence, if he wanted to post numbers for someone, he could throw a lot of high percentage passes, uh, high, high percentage passes, and it would increase. But, you know, we even saw today where he had seven red zone touchdowns. There were some others that he missed. He was doing his best to try to fit the ball, um, you know, as far as the placement. So I, I wouldn't be overly uh, concerned with that. It feels like Calvin Ridley – and what he's done has already rubbed off on the other players. I mean, Ridley was not really involved uh, in anything today, as was Anton Harrison. I guess Harrison's got a shoulder, which is very alarming to me. I mean, they haven't even had contact yet. And if he's out with something with the shoulder, um, oh boy. I mean, so Yeah, he, he downplayed it, so hopefully it's not anything you know, overly concerning because yeah. you're right. He, he, last thing he needs is is a setback. We saw it with Devin Lloyd uh, last year. He missed a bunch of training camp and uh, that, and his that, head was swimming. Bad. But but yeah, Harrison uh, said after it was uh, it, it's really he's not overly uh, concerned by it. But yeah, so it is a shoulder, but hopefully not too bad for uh, the rookie uh, right tackle. But don't you get the feeling that that would you know all of this Calvin Wrigley talk? And by the way. He, he deserves that talk. He he's that good. He's that special. He's that quick. He's that fast. I now understand a little bit more as to why they held him out. Uh, you know, during the off season, it's because this guy only knows one speed, and that is 110 percent each and everything that he does. And I think it's rubbing off on veterans like Christian Kirk and 
Zay Jones, I feel like they want to be involved in that conversation. And, and who knows, maybe Jacksonville could be mentioned as one of the top wide receiver cores in the NFL. Zay Jones had an absolutely phenomenal day today. And it feels like he's not being talked about as much as others. And, you know, am I wrong to say that even at his age, it feels like Zay Jones may be a half step quicker than he was a year ago. Yeah, I agree. I, and he looks stronger as well. He looks like he had a fantastic offseason from a strength and conditioning standpoint. And you're right. I mean, he really stood out today. Uh, a couple touchdown grabs, uh, one that was really impressive. And and yesterday had the ball where he uh, outfought Clay Brooks on the bomb. Uh, and yep. so, yeah, Zay Jones, I mean, if he's your fourth option, which is what he is, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. Trevor's going to go to the line. What's Ridley got? Okay, you're going to check that off if you don't feel co- good about that. What's Christian got? Okay, you're going to go there. Uh, what's Evan got? You're probably going to look at that. And then you're going to look and see what does Zay have, it is what I would imagine most of those snaps are going to be like for Trevor Lawrence. And so Zay Jones is your fourth option. The guy caught 82 passes last year. I, I mean, <laughs> I know, yeah. you know, so it's it's incredible and, and made some really clutch plays. Uh you know, probably had two or three catches that, you know, if he doesn't make, they they do not win the division, and they certainly don't uh, get to win a playoff game. So you made a great point, too, about Trevor um, that I haven't heard anybody talk about. But but you're right. Boy, he is not checking the ball down. I, I mean, th- this is the 180 of what we saw out of, you know, Gardner Minshew when he was here. Uh, so you're right. I haven't seen his numbers really get tracked in terms of completion percentage. Uh, but but boy, he does not throw short a lot so far in this camp. It is it is intermediate to deep. I'm trying to think back. Is there is there ever been a pinch count on him? Is is there ever been a a sore arm, a dead arm, any caution as to okay, we've done too much with him. Let's slow it down because it, it is so obvious in his third training camp, and obviously year one with Urban was a disaster. But he is throwing the ball a heck of a lot more than he has in his first two training camps. Do you remember anything like that in his first two years? Well, I remember. It's a great question. I remember his rookie year, he had had the off-season shoulder surgery. So they limited him a little bit, uh, you know, that year. Last year, I can't really remember too much, but it's it's funny because this was a a conversation that I was having today and and we'll be asking Doug about it tomorrow when he – uh, meets with reporters at 8 a.m. is is do they have to manage Trevor's workload or do they feel good about it and and are they considering signing a fourth quarterback because it does feel like I mean he is throwing it all over the place and and you're you know you're still five weeks from the first game so now I would assume that as they break camp once they get back from Detroit obviously you're not going to see Trevor in the in the third preseason game I wouldn't imagine. Uh, and you've got that like ten days before the regular season starts. So, but I am interested in hearing Doug Peterson talk about it tomorrow. Just yeah. Trevor's volume—is it where you want it to be? Is it too high? And if he says, "Yeah, it's a little high," then obviously, you know, we'll ask the follow-up: Would you guys consider signing a fourth quarterback? But um, you know, just to give just to give him a, a break, not somebody who obviously has a chance to make the fifty-three because Bethard's entrenched, I think is the number two guy there. So, uh, you know, Rourke will, Rourke will be here, then he'll be released. Um, but anyway, but it would be interesting to see if, you know, how Doug views that. And, uh, yeah, I, I will say this. This is kind of uh, getting back to the, 
I'm sorry to switch gears here, but getting back to an issue that we've talked about uh, all off season, I get it's just one practice in pads. It's the first one. I understand that. But boy, if I was Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson, I'd be having some serious conversations about signing Yannick Ngakwe if I could. I mean, I I do not think they have enough. And, and Chase Sun had a decent rep uh, in one-on-ones today um, against Cam Robinson. Uh, Yasir Abdullah, the rookie, had, had a good uh, one-on-one rep against a reserve tackle. But... You know, I was really hoping Daniil Hunter would be a Jaguar, that they would make a trade there. Obviously, that's not going to happen. He and, and the Vikings have patched things up, and he's been paid, and, and he's now a happy uh, mm-hmm. Minnesotan. But, um, but I mean, in watching it today, I, I mean, I, we'll see, you know, what happens. But the, the problem is there's 31 other teams. Even if you say, well, none of the other teams that have ever had Ngakwe are going to be interested in signing McGay. Okay, that's fine. Well, there's still, like, 27 other teams that yeah. are going to see a kid in his 20s with 58 career sacks and are going to say, how is this guy still available? I mean, everybody's looking for pass rush. I just I, I understand that the Jaguars want to develop guys and see what they have. And, and again, I, I, you know, it, this, I'm not saying this because of what I saw today because I, I have felt like they needed to add for months now. But in, now we're here now. The first day of pads is concluded, and I don't know what what they see in the, in the in the pass rush. But, I mean, because to be honest, it's not like Trayvon Walker, who I still think is going to be good. But we're six practices in. I haven't seen a lot of flashing there. No, there hasn't been a lot with the pass rush, and I, I think one thing you have to consider is, um, you know, it was a great performance today by Josh Wells. To, uh, yeah. to prevent uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the pass rushes from coming yeah, in. Yeah, that's, that's um, encouraging. <laughs> yeah. You know, all along, this has been, much like yourself, this has been my, well, come on, go get a guy. Go get a guy and ask him to play 20, 25 snaps a game, whether it's Unique or Clowney or anyone else. But I tell you what, based on what I've seen in six practices, and especially today, I'm going to go in a different direction here. I'm actually more nervous about the slot corner than I am the pass rush. And they're not going to ask for my opinion, but I'll tell you right now, I would cut Trey Herndon. He he is a waste of time, in my opinion, on this defense. He can no longer cover. It's not personal. I think he's a good football player. I think if you could keep him somewhere near the line of scrimmage, he would make plays. He just cannot stay with wide receivers uh, or tight ends. He's lost at least a step. And, you know, I, I've been encouraged somewhat with what I've seen with, with Gregory Jr., although he's been beaten in some instances. You know, Antonio Johnson has had a real nice camp. He had his second interception today. But, I mean, that's going to have to be a situation where he's learning on the fly because he's not considered a really good coverage slot guy or safety he worked in the slot at texas a&m but he's better again at the line of scrimmage so that's where all of a sudden i'm like you got to be kidding me because in my opinion if they had a game sunday you know your nickel is uh is herndon and and your dime may be claybrooks and you know i know claybrooks is a great gunner i know he's very important special team wise but hayes the two guys they drafted 
two years ago in the sixth and seventh round, and then the three guys they got this year very late, can one of those five step up to take over that slot position? Yeah, it's a great question because I, I agree with you on Herndon. I mean, that's one that I'm surprised that he's made it this far. And again, the, the coaching staff raves about him. Um, but again, we know how these guys work. Even good coaches can blind themselves to certain things. And I think, I think when it comes to there's a couple issues defensively with this team where I think the coaches have allowed themselves to be somewhat blinded. Uh, and, and I think with Herndon, the only thing that gives me some hope with Herndon is what you kind of pointed out. There's so many youngsters that they've drafted that are pushing him that my hope is that if he ends up being the week one nickel, he will have earned it and he will have, have played at a high level because they have drafted four corners in the past two drafts. Uh, they've all been late picks, but Herndon's an undrafted guy uh, from many years ago out of Vandy. So, uh, you know, it, it, it feels like that should be significant competition just in, in the quantity of bodies. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a concern. I mean, it, it absolutely is a concern. I, I, I think Herndon is, is, a, is a fine nickel when the opponent is inside the 20. Then, then I think he's good because uh, you don't really have to worry about the deep speed as much. No, you, but, you're right. Yeah, yeah but but uh, right but about that. But you know, it's it's hard. It's hard. You know, it's hard when he when the, the opponent has, uh, you know, basically they don't have to worry about the back of the end zone, and so that will be fun to uh, to monitor and see. But um, yeah, they've got work to do on defense. I love what I'm seeing out of the offense. They've got work to do on defense. Uh, my final thought, then we'll get yours. Um, I, I did think the second-year linebackers had a good day. Chad Moomin has been all over the place, uh, both in coverage and, and um, you know, it just feels like his gap uh, responsibility. He's been in the right place at the right time. You can't always say the same about Devin Lloyd, but it feels like he's improving when it comes to being where he is supposed to be. I think it's such a mental part of, of his game where he's thinking too much there's no doubt that if he is in position, he's got the athleticism to really be a good football player. But I, I think it's the thinking man's game that, that really slowed him down a year ago. So, you know, I'm not going to gush here and tell you that year two it's fixed and there are no concerns. Uh, I'm not going to go that far, but I, I thought for the most part, those linebackers had a really good practice today and, and Lloyd's getting better in that area. Yeah, I think that I, I would agree with all that. I think Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma, it's exciting what you're seeing there. Obviously, Aluakon, you know you can count on. So, I, yeah, I like what I'm seeing out of the linebackers. My final thought is uh, Tank Bigsby is going to be a really good player here. Uh, obviously, Travis Etienne is, is outstanding and is coming off an 1,100-yard rushing season, 1,400 yards of all-purpose offense. He's a, he's a fantastic player, and, and I'm by no means suggesting that Etienne should be marginalized, but they have something in Tank Bigsby. At whatever the number of, of touches they want to give Tank Bigsby, those are going to be worthy touches because he uh, he was great again today. He had a couple touchdowns, but even in, in talking to people, uh, I mean, that, that, you know, wear the Jaguars logo, you can just see, you can just see their eyes light up when you talk about Tank Bigsby or just ask them, oh, yeah. just ask them, who, who's, oh, yeah. who, what's the buzz in the hallway? Who's got the and and it's Tank Bixby, um. So I'm really yep. excited to see. And his hands are better than I mean. The yeah. scouting reports question his hands. I I don't know what they were looking at. 
I agree. Yeah, I mean, it, he's been very impressive. So they may have a significant one-two punch there. And when you think about what they have at receiver and tight end with Ingram and, and perhaps Strange, uh, boy, this offense could just be flat-out phenomenal uh, this fall. That would be great to see, uh, obviously. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll be out there uh, the rest of the week. Obviously, we'll have the, the uh, kind of – I guess it's not really a scrimmage. The practice in the stadium on Saturday. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, it'll uh, it's going to be good to see where it goes, Rick. No doubt, and Tank Bigsby uh, as well. We we began with red zone. I mean, he's a guy that you got to believe now around the goal line. Just turn around and hand him the football, and um, allow him to bring a couple of tackles with him into the end zone. All right, that's going to do it for us. Um, you can reach me Blue Ten Ten XL. Hayes, uh, thank our sponsor and uh, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, appreciate it. You can reach me at Hayes Carline. And again, for all your car insurance needs, call our good buddy, John Spicklemeyer, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, 471-7155. Again, give him the opportunity just to make sure your policy is where it needs to be and that it's as affordable as it can be. Um, again, I can't emphasize it enough. John Spicklemeyer has saved me hundreds of dollars. Uh, so give him a call, 471-7155. And Rick... Maybe we'll uh, we'll get back in here later this week and uh, and do a little bit more on this. But uh, it's uh, it's been a fun start to camp. No question about it. And uh, send us your comments. We'll see all you folks out there at the Miller Electric Center for Hayes Carline. I'm Rick Blue. Good talking with you as always, right here on Death Taxes and Duval.